The North Korean nuclear problem is the North Korean regime. Uh, it's not those that the little weapons themselves are naughty. Uh, it's the intentions of the people who are building them and uh, attempting to deploy them. This is R.J. McGill from the American Academy in Berlin, and you're listening to Beyond the Lecture. Two episodes ago, we spoke with political scientist Nicholas Eberstadt about his latest book, Men Without Work, about the radical decline in employment of working-age American men over the past half-century. But Eberstadt is also an expert on North Korea, a country he has followed intensely for the past 30 years. When Eberstadt was here last November as a distinguished visitor, we took the opportunity to speak with him about the reclusive North Korean regime, its supporting agents, and the country's recent relations with the U.S., Iran, and China. China is North Korea's largest patron. China is the only country of any consequence when it comes to subsidizing the North Korean state today. Uh, there are other sorts uh, sources of international financial support for North Korea. I mean, the North Korean government runs a very assiduous um, sort of chain gang program abroad. Uh, I, I don't think it's called human trafficking, but uh, labor gangs in other countries. Uh, you may have noticed that North Korea has gotten into the business of robbing international banks through cyber crime. Uh, drug smuggling is always a big favorite. Um, the homework club with uh, Iran uh, on nuclear and missile questions, uh, which North Korea draws some uh, unknown uh, amount of dividends from on a regular basis, they're all there. North Koreans are Koreans. I mean, they are very enterprising. They are very smart. It's a kind of a bizarro world version of South Korea's international involvement in the world economy, you might say. Something approaching 90% of North Korea's identified merchandise trade with the outside world uh, now flows through China. Um, and I'm being a little bit uh, weasel-worded here because there's so much illicit stuff that we can't follow. Uh, the, uh, the trade reports are only voluntary trade reports from the trading partners that admit that they're doing certain things. But when one looks at that, the net transfer to North Korea from China has been in the billion to a billion and a half dollar range um, for almost a decade per year. North Korea is kept afloat by Chinese largesse. There's no, uh, there's no debating that question. Uh, what is unclear is what the Chinese motivations are in this uh, fairly substantial annual transfer to the DPRK, to the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Um, and the Chinese government has been whatever the opposite of transparent is. Uh, it has never ever uh, published a white paper, given a briefing, uh, provided any information on the full scale or the modalities or the motivations behind their continuing high level of financial support for the DPRK. 
it can't have been lost upon policymakers in Beijing that sending a billion and a half dollars a year to the DPRK is funding their war machine and uh, their nukes and their missiles, because for any government, resources are fungible. It remains a big and awful mystery why China continues in this enduring fashion to subsidize such a dangerous state. Tensions between North Korea and the United States are clearly on everyone's mind, and reducing those tensions diplomatically is the majority hope. But how will the Trump administration proceed? We asked Eberstadt which parties had to be involved to find a solution to the current escalation. People will debate the few facts that we have and come to very different conclusions. My conclusion is that the North Korean government has been methodically preparing for decades to fight and to win a limited nuclear conflict, a limited nuclear war, let's say, uh, against the United States and U.S. allies in the Korean Peninsula. Uh, when I say that, I don't mean uh, Dr. Strangelove. I don't mean uh, exchange of nuclear explosions. I mean using this arsenal as a backdrop to a crisis that involves a showdown with the United States, a face-off with the United States in which the U.S. backs down, in which the alliance falls apart, the U.S. troops leave, and North Korea in this imaginary scenario is a giant step closer to its objective of unconditional unification of the peninsula under its authority. If I am correct about this, unfortunately, there would be no getting to yes through peaceful negotiations with the DPRK because they will not negotiate this objective away. Of course, there always should be communication and there always should be diplomacy. It's just one should not have unrealistic objectives for what one can achieve through this diplomacy. My own um, my own view would be that our uh, last chance of exhausting uh, what would eventually be the non-military scenarios that play out from the, uh, uh, from the North Korean side's objectives would be economic pressure to slow down markedly or maybe even impair the progress of the war machine. And it is true that uh, the history of coercive economic diplomacy uh, is miserable. It's mainly failures, almost always failures. And it's true that sanctions to date seem to have taken very little bite out of what I um, assess to be an upswing in North Korean uh, economic performance for various reasons. But uh, the DPRK economy is not your average bear. It's highly, highly distorted, and it's desperately dependent upon outside subsidies. Uh, if economic pressure can squeeze those outside subsidies, I believe that uh, the pace of the uh, progress in the war machine can be slowed down uh, significantly. Ultimately, we have to recognize one thing. The North Korean nuclear problem is the North Korean regime. 
Uh, it's not those that the little weapons themselves are naughty. Uh, it's the intentions of the people who are building them and uh, attempting to deploy them. And in the final analysis, uh, the end of the n nuclear crisis that we see in the Korean Peninsula will be a post-DPRK world. That's very easy for me to say. I have absolutely no idea how we get there. And getting there may be very, very scary. But as long as there is the real existing Kim family regime in the North, I'm afraid we're going to be faced with a perennial and perhaps worsening international nuclear threat from Pyongyang. That was Nicholas Eberstadt, a political scientist at the American Enterprise Institute and an expert on the American labor force and on North Korea. He was a fellow at the American Academy in fall 2008 and a distinguished visitor in fall 2017. You can watch a video of Everstadt's Academy Lecture, listen to his previous podcast, and hear more of our Beyond the Lecture series on our website, AmericanAcademy.de. You can also get the latest content from the American Academy on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Vimeo. Beyond the Lecture is a production of the American Academy in Berlin and is produced by William Glucroft. This is RJ McGill. Thanks for listening. Thank you.